you're going nobody's leaving nobody's walking out of this fun old-fashioned bonnie's christmas no no we're all in this together this is a full-blown four alarm bonnie's emergency here we're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest season since bob lanier tap dance with bubba fucking gary and when santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of bonnie's this side of the nut house you're goofy don't piss me off, Tim Kenny. Mark, it's over. Not according to Rothstein's watch. It isn't. Mark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Tim. It's the ninth month of this fucking pandemic. We're at the threshold of fucking hell. What's that? Oh my god. It's basketball! Who's that? St. Francis, Pennsylvania! They're here! Yes! SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 16. Merry Christmas! Welcome everyone to SB Unfurled and Friends episode 16 and most importantly, I believe this is the first pregame podcast of the second season. Don't jinx us. It is Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. exactly on the dot on Wednesday, December 9th, and as of now, I believe we are going to be playing some basketball in less than 72 hours. I'm holding my breath on that. Little Bot X here with SB Unfurled, by the way. You know what? Don't bring that negative energy. We had so many podcasts. I listened back to a little bit of the uh, second episode of the A10 tournament preview we did because you asked me for a cold open. Should we do like Twas the Night Before basketball or something? Yeah. I was like, no, we did that um, for the second of our two-parter before A10s. And not only was it Twas the Night Before A-10s, but I also voiced Sean Connery. So I feel like I jinxed both A-10s, and God rest his soul, I think I jinxed Sean Connery too. It sounds like you did. uh, We are, and I don't even remember that that cold open I told you. I think it was, I I don't think I even listened because I was just so like, I remember just sitting in Angie's watching a car show when we were supposed to be playing George Mason and live tweeting a car show because I was just so depressed. <laughs> I just, I shut down. I think everyone shut down. I, I don't think our team was probably going to win the whole tournament. It's it's not like, I can't imagine how a team not like true. Dayton felt, but. Dayton always chokes at A-10s, or at least I have choked recently, so we would have won it. Yeah, one seeds do fall. But I, I mean, I just had the sour taste in my mouth from how we played against St. Louis. We got absolutely throttled by them. Um, and then we made a miraculous run in the, the Corona Cup that we put out. <laughs> 
but yeah, we're sitting. It's Wednesday night, 8.02. We are currently two days, 17 hours, 57 minutes, and 51 seconds away. Until St. Francis, Pennsylvania dies. I have never been more excited to watch St. Francis. Oh, I the, yesterday it was. I was sitting. I watched two hours of LaSalle play a D2 school in Tom Gola Arena. It was the most depressing game I've ever seen. There's usually not fans in Gola anyway, but that you could hear every whistle. I mean, obviously you can usually hear whistles anyway. You could hear the communication at defense, all the sneakers squeaking on the court, the ball dribbling, um, basketball in its purest form. The Explorers take getting their first win against a D2 school in Gola. I watched every single second of it. My my favorite part, I didn't actually watch that game, but I did see the graphic that the uh, LaSalle Twitter account, which finally has more followers than me, unfortunately, <laughs> they tweeted out that um, they tweeted out like the stats, like points per game, field goal percentage, you know, the same basic stats. And like LaSalle was averaging like 57 points per game or something. And Lincoln was averaging 105. Now, I don't know if they just played in one astronomical game down in D2 or whatever, but it was just hilarious to see that LaSalle was getting outscored by 50 points per game against this D2 school, which completely out of context there. But let's talk about our team. Save the neck for me, Clark. (laughs) Okay, Eddie. (laughs) Sorry. Why are you crying? I told you we put it in too early. It's just a little dry. So we finally have some basketball to talk about. And when we first saw that St. Francis, Pennsylvania was going to be playing the Bonnies, they had, I think they had just beaten Pittsburgh or just came off a Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. win on the opening night, but they've fallen apart since then. Yeah. Don't ask me how I, on a random Friday night at like 8 p.m., I was on St. Francis' basketball website at their schedule, and I saw Bonaventure play. And I was like, wait a minute. They haven't announced that we're playing St. Francis. I don't know why I was on St. <laughs> Francis' website, but I was. Um, and I was like, whoa. You don't Saint- scour NEC websites on your, your off time? I think I might have been looking at like Bart Torvik. He's like an analytics guy. I think I was looking at Bonaventure's <laughs> schedule on his site. And it said St. Francis, and I was like, wait, why does it say St. Francis? And I think then I went to their site, and we were on there. So a um, little bit of news broke in there. But, yeah, I mean, I've never been uh, more starved for basketball, like especially, obviously, Bonner basketball, but just any A-10, any college basketball. Um, St. Francis is going to look a lot different than they did last year. Last year they were probably – one of the best, if not the best teams in their conference, I believe, but they've lost, you know, two of their really two of their best players of all time were in their backcourt. It was kind of like their version of Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley. Um, I think they accounted for almost like half of the team scoring. Both of those guys are gone. So they look a lot different. Um, Also one of their really good players has been out for the last three games with an ankle injury. So they look a lot different with him if he's able to come back on Saturday. Yeah, that's Ramir Dixon Conover. He had, he had four steals against Pittsburgh. Um, he's averaging 13.5, four boards, four, four assists per game. He's, yeah, he's a pretty good player at point guard for them. So if he does play, that'll be the fun matchup to watch for um, us against Lofton. Of course, the game against Akron will have an even better point guard matchup, but we'll get to Akron in a bit. Yeah. Mark Flagg, who's the center, will be the other big key to see if St. Francis is going to hang around in this game because 
He's got 12.8 points per game, 5.4 boards per game. He's not an outside threat like some other guards like or some other centers like uh, Grant Golden. But if he is staying down low, that hopefully will mean that, knock on wood, Oshun won't get into foul trouble, which is a common issue that resulted in losses for us last year was no Oshun. But other yeah. than those two guys who I wouldn't even say are that close to Lofton, Oshun, position by position, St. Francis does seem significantly worse than us. Now, they may end up challenging to win the NEC. They lost by 18 Tuesday night at Mount St. Mary's, who's another NEC powerhouse. So they may be a little worse than expected. They may be a little bit on the decline. We'll have to see. But then again, they have played five games, and we haven't played any. So it'll be a very big guessing game to see what exactly we're going to look like on Saturday when we haven't played since March. They have played five games, but they have looked awful in their last four. Um, don't know how they beat Pitt. I mean, Pitt is not not all that good this year, but uh, they've lost their last four by an average of like over 18 points. Um, but they, yeah, I mean, they have played five games, but we, I, I think our guys are hungry. Our guys have been waiting and waiting and waiting to just get out there. I'm excited to see the new guys. Uh, one thing I will say, I, I know you mentioned Mark Flagg, the the six nine guy. He'll play the five. I think nice. Oshun, Oshun <laughs> holds him under well under his season averages. But their coach also he likes to do even more nice. Oh yeah, he likes to uh, show some different looks on defense. They'll probably throw some full court press at us. They like to go into a two three zone. Um, they press and they zone a lot. And I think those two things kind of can get a team that hasn't seen any different looks rattled a little bit. We pretty much just go mainly man-to-man half-court defense. So um, our guys are going to have to be prepared for that. So I I am kind of worried about that. I won't be surprised if they hang around for a little bit just because of throwing some different looks at us and, you know, they already have their feet wet and we haven't, but I think in the end we we extend a pretty big lead if the last four games for them are any indication. It's always interesting to see what kind of rotation Schmidt has because Schmidt's known to have a fairly short bench, especially towards the end of the year. Now at the beginning of the season, there, there are new parts. There's Anthony Roberts, there's Jalen Attaway. Mm-hmm. There are new guys stepping into different roles than maybe they were asked to. There's Jalen Shaw, of course. It'll yep. be interesting to see how he goes about adding in some of those new players, Eddie Creel. Yeah. Um, actually, since we last recorded, Quentin Metcalf has left the program too. Yep. Other than that, it's still the same roster that we were expecting coming into the season. And Schmidt typically only does do eight or nine guys, even if mm-hmm. there is a new season. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the first nod. I mean, I would, I would assume Attaway is going to be first guy off the bench, if not second. Yeah, I've heard Attaway might even start at the four and uh, Winston come off the bench. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, Schmidt's going to mix and match a lot of different things. This is one of the deepest teams we've had, uh, maybe right up there with 2012, at least before the injuries in 2012. Um, so he's going to have a lot of different options. And in years where, you know, you might have a guy isolated from the team or just weird stuff going on, like you're going to want to have a lot of different options out there. And I think in the beginning, the first, you know, before conference play, there's only four games, but I think we're going to see a lot of different looks like we did last year. Uh, you know, he had, he had like Carpenter and Alpha Ocoli out there and 
just just toying with a lot of different things. And they've had a lot of time together to figure out what rotations should work and, and might not be good. But there's just so many options, especially from the two to the, the two and three spots. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to see where guys like Creel and Roberts and, and Attaway fit into Schmidt's puzzle piece. It's always a guessing game with Schmidt because everybody's always got that one guy who's like, oh, why didn't Chef play more? Why isn't – there's always a guy. So we'll we'll have that guy after that St. Francis game, unfortunately. Like, why didn't so-and-so play? But what do you want to see the most out of these guys on offense? Because defense, I feel like, hasn't been too much of a problem, at least in the last mm-hmm. year or so. Yeah. But offense, no matter what, there have been some – issues at times on offense um looking at some of their analytics for saint francis they're pretty mediocre at defending the two and blocking shots so mm-hmm. that tells me that we need to attack the paint more because they at last check this was before the mount saint mary's game but they were around 63rd in the country in three-point defense so if they're on the higher end on threes lower end on twos oshun potentially has a good matchup down low and an advantage that tells me we need to attack the rim I was going to say get to the free throw line even before you brought that up. Last year, we were one of the worst teams in the entire country in getting to the line. So attacking the basket, whether it's a wing or getting it down to Oshun to go to work down low, getting to the free throw line, getting some some buckets. Like These Schmidt teams the last 10 years have been phenomenal from the line percentage-wise, but last year, for whatever reason, we just did not get to the line. So I like the uh, the idea of attacking the basket, of course. And also, I want to see our guys be able to create their own shots more on the outside. It felt like Dom was, was good at slashing, but I don't know off the dribble if he was creating a shot as much as you know he maybe can if he's tightened up his handle a little bit. Um, maybe if he can create his own shot. And then Anthony Roberts and guys like Vasquez also being able to create their own shot because – I think, you know, more and more college basketball and basketball in general is get it inside or shoot a three. Get rid of the, you know, analytics say get rid of the mid-range game that's the least efficient shot. And it seems like we do that a lot. The only guy I don't mind seeing taking mid-range shots is Kyle Lawson because he's deadly from mid-range. But I want to see us be a little more consistent from three or be able to uh, create our own shot or attack the basket because it did seem like last year there were times where we would go for like one media timeout to the next media timeout for four or five minutes without even scoring and we need to uh especially if we're playing some of these upper tier a10 teams that i've seen we, we can't have those long dry spells there were way too many of those dry spells during last season at the tail end especially like games like st louis or couldn't buy a basket at all so It'll be nice to see if they can start creating more shots on their own, whether it's down low or out on the perimeter against a team like St. Francis because the competition will definitely get a lot tougher once A-10 play rolls around. But I saw on Ken Palm that I think we were 15-point favorites, according to that nerd. We are (laughs) going to look this up in a second right now to see what it says. Oh, we are now 16-point favorites. He says we're going to win 81-65. to I would not take us winning 81 to 65 against hmm. even Gannon in a season opener, <laughs> just because I know even in perfect seasons, like great seasons, we come out slow. Oh, so yeah. I would, I will not bet against the Bonnies, but I 
would not I don't know if I would take them minus 16. I think we can really pull away in the second half from this team. I mean, I, I, we're just way um more seasoned. I think obviously we're, you know, uh at a higher level as far as conferences and you know, probably better coached, but um as far as I don't know, 81 points is quite a bit. Like you said, we we kind of come out slow and I think a lot of people are apprehensive and even though it's St. Francis and they look pretty bad right now, still have a sour taste in their mouth from uh, whether it was the Niagara game we lost. I know we didn't have Adams, but even without Adams, that team should not be losing to Niagara. Uh, I think we lost to Bucknell uh, two years ago. We lost to Vermont, I believe it was, last year. I will tell you who we beat in 2016 on opening night, and that was St. Francis PA. 92-82, so let's repeat that. (laughs) Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air, and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. Shitter was full! Ah, yeah, you checked our shitters, honey? Clark, please. But we also have one other game that we're going to preview that we're hopefully going to see. And this one is in Believeland. You Browns fans, shout out to you. You guys are having a great start to the season. We don't know how they'll do. I believe on next Monday night they're playing, the, this upcoming Monday night, they're playing the Ravens. So that could be another big win for the Brownies. But... Just down the road from Cleveland is Akron, the Zips, the home of LeBron James. They will be playing at the other home of LeBron James, which is the Quicken Loans Arena. Oh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Oh, that's right. Oh, they caught me again with that. Because I keep, I wanted to call it the Q. I wanted to call it the Q, but it's not the Q anymore. So it's the Rocket? I think uh, it is, yeah. The R. The R. <laughs> Went down one letter in the alphabet, but that yeah. game's going to be played there. No fans, of course. So this this one will be at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, pretty early. But, you know, we've been seeing a lot of these games in non-conference play this season, played at different times, like 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. And I like it. adds a little bit to the March Madness feel of it. Yeah. One of the good Rothstein takes is that they should always be playing these games, like, mm-hmm. at different times throughout the afternoon. Because it does have that March Madness feel for, like, three weeks. But this game, I think, there's a lot more unknowns with St. Francis, A, because we haven't played, and B because St. Francis doesn't really have one standout player. But this game starts and ends with Akron's point guard. Yeah, Lauren Christian Jackson. One of the, I mean, statistically, he he's only 5'8", but he was one of the best players in the entire country last year. Um, and Akron, like us, has been paused. They have just got off their pause as well, and they are opening their season um, against the D2 school on Saturday. So both of us will be going in, into that game with just one game of experience. So it's it's really even there, you know, where St. Francis, they have a lot of games under their belt. The game against Akron, we'll both be going in with just one game. So we're even there. And then as far as players, um, Lauren Christian Jackson, like I said, phenomenal point guard, um, very small, but he can shoot it. He's so quick. And other than him, they have a lot of new faces they lost some of their senior shooters if you remember that cheese guy from the cayman islands they did lose him yes. yeah no more no. cheese no, and no more cayman islands re- repeat by the way let's not repeat that <laughs> absolutely not no we're, we're running out a much better deeper lineup than we did in the cayman islands 
Yes, and looking at more of their roster from last season, Laurent Christian Jackson was actually MAC Player of the Year, and he's first team All MAC in the preseason. They have another guy, Cameron Reese, is pretty good. They got a couple transfers in as well that mm-hmm. should be solid, especially down low. But I think we have the advantage down low overall yeah. with Oshun. So if Kyle Lofton's size is going to get Christian Jackson into trouble maybe because he has to reach a little bit more or if he's challenged on a shot and gets him on the arm, get some foul trouble, or if he's just not quick enough to get around Lofton because Lofton has a bigger wingspan, Lofton's just larger of a human being. Because there's a – Lofton's what, 6'3", I think? Yeah. Yeah, so they're about five, six inches apart. So that'll be tough for – LCJ to get by, but he can definitely light up the score sheet. And if he gets free on some shots, there, it's going to be, it could be, it could be a tough game with that. But I, I don't see a lot of the depth that Akron had from last season. No, they lost a lot, and you touched on it too. They have absolutely no inside presence. Like their interior defense, not pretty. Um, at least on paper, going into this year, what it looks like. So I expect Oshun to get fed early and often and take advantage of that that inside. I think that's where we win this game. This is a good matchup, though, because Akron typically has at least a competent program, and they've been getting a lot better in the last four or five years. I know, like yeah. I said, we played them in the Cayman Islands. That, unfortunately, was in the seventh-place game down there. But they were right neck and neck, like you mentioned, in the MAC last season. Mm-hmm. They're right up there with... Bowling Green and SUNY Amherst to potentially win the MAC this season. They're a good matchup, and it's it's good that it's it's weird that this is how it had to happen. But in a normal year, it would be awesome to be playing Akron and Cleveland, make a little short road trip down there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I was wondering. I, I mean, in hindsight, it was probably stupid of me to wonder, but I, I didn't know if maybe they would allow a few fans. Uh, in the arena. I know some of these states, I was watching that Kansas game was two nights ago against Creighton and they had like 2000 people in the stand. So I didn't know if maybe Ohio, cause I did, I have seen fans at the Browns games. Um, although that's outside in an NFL stadium, so much different. I was, I was kind of holding out hope that we'd be able to make a little road trip down there, a day trip to watch the Bonnies. It, it looked, you know, a, a month ago, like maybe one of the only opportunities we would have to make a road trip, but no fans in the stands. I, I agree with you. It's it's like that. Uh, obviously, the opponent's not as good, but you know we played in the NBA arena last year, and that was one of our best shooting nights uh, of the entire year. So um, hopefully, we can continue that and bottle up uh, Lauren Jackson because if we, you know, I don't think we usually have issues with one great player going completely off against us, like. Um, we've been pretty good at, you know, keeping guys like Fats Russell in check. Uh, it's usually those, those teams that, you know, have, have balance and, and, you know, uh, the St. Louis's and the Davidson's of the world that we have trouble with where there's guys all around that can shoot and score when it's, when it's just one guy, Schmidt and the staff usually have a a good plan to a a game plan and, and the personnel, like Lofton and good wing defenders to to stop some of those guys. Yeah, that's true. And I'm just looking a little bit more at some of their transfers that are coming in. They got Bryant Trimble Jr., who's from St. John's, mm-hmm. Maishi Daly from Iowa. They got a couple JUCOs. But none of these guys are over six foot eight according to the page on yeah. the roster sheet. 
and Oshun is 6'10". Yeah. Winston's right around 6'8 as well. There's Jalen Shaw is going to be, I think, is bigger than 6'8 too. There's there's a size mismatch there that can totally be exploited, even out in the guard position, like we mentioned with Lofton and mm-hmm. and Lauren Jackson. So yeah. that is, it looks like both games, it seems like pound it in early and often. And, you know, maybe that can kick out, you can kick out from Oshun to get somebody like uh, Jaron Holmes, Dom Welch, Vasquez mm-hmm. open for threes. Yeah. to kind of get them going. But it seems like the game plan for these two games kind of is almost similar. Yeah, get it inside. Let Oshun go to work. Um, if they collapse, Oshun is so good at, at knowing where guys are and seeing the floor. That's one of the his most underrated aspects of his game is being able to kick it out when he gets double team, making that good feed out to the perimeter and getting getting the scores involved from deep. So I... I'm very hopeful that we can start off the season 2-0. Uh, we, we will be seeing maybe one of the best players we'll see all season uh, when we go into Cleveland. But, uh, you know, uh, other than that, I don't see too much uh, Too much I'm worried about between these two teams. Yeah, 77-69, to 69, I believe, is what nice. Tom has us at. Nice, very nice win would be for us. 76-69, sorry. That would be nice. That would be a, that would be a very nice one, actually, for us to go into a neutral site and win. Of course, all these games are going to kind of feel like neutral sites, even the yeah, even the RC. Very weird feeling. <laughs> that that would be a solid one to get going if they could get those two get that rolling into Hofstra and uh, SUNY Amherst before Christmas. That would be nice. Of course, we need all these games to happen. Can I show you something? I was just smelling, smiling. I was just browsing. browsing. <laughs> For your wife or your girlfriend? Uh, what? What happened? <laughs> Oof. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be any. Oh. <laughs> wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. There are some things that the school is doing. There's going to be like virtual fans like we've seen in the NBA bubble. They're going to do a Zoom, which I'm sure that'll go over completely well because Bonaventure has had zero issues with Zooms this year, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Um, I will not be the one that will that will zoom bomb or zoom sabotage. I will I will say that right now, and I am not encouraging that. I think they're what they're putting it on the scoreboard, or yeah, I'm look. I got the email here on on Wednesday. It says that there will be a Zoom link available on the game day page, and you know how Zooms, if they have more than ten people or so, they have like multiple pages. Yeah. So they're going to try to show every page at least once per timeout or once per time when they would show the screen so mm. look out for that <laughs> if you haven't already gotten your your uh your cardboard cutout plenty of cardboard cutouts we saw the bada fanatic we saw your man lou robbie yeah in there plenty of dogs lou was in there yep some people with the same exact picture twice i'm like if you're gonna get two pictures at least get a second per- picture <laughs> the second picture that was a different picture <laughs> cosmo kramer we talked about Actually, I want to bring this up because we were talking about how it seems like the enthusiasm isn't where we thought it would be yet or where it should be. I don't know if we're victims of uh, go go woke, go broke here, but our listenership's gone a little bit down, guys. We had Andrew Nicholson on last podcast, uh, taking notes on who wasn't listening yeah, there. But- um, <clears throat> no, but seriously, like I, I, not even just our thing. Like I think there has been. Less hype, but I don't get it. We return everybody except Amadi. Yeah. We are projected to be top four. If we get past Richmond, who lost a guy, 
then we could be neck and neck with St. Louis again and get payback for 2019. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't I don't get it. I think we got to hype the people up. We, we we're trying, man. 2K and this. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to do a virtual Burton on Zoom. We might be doing that on Saturday. Yeah, we got to do a pregame Zoom. Absolutely. Starting at maybe noon or something. You said you're going to actually go outside the Burton. <laughs> I can go. Yeah, I can try it. I'll go inside the Burton. They're open. I know. They might let you in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just the the unknown has gotten to people like what they don't know if we're going to play or not. So they don't want to get pumped up and that like they did earlier in the season when we were going to be the first game of the entire college basketball season, even though it was nine o'clock, people were pumped. It was going to be three games in three days. They got their hopes up. They made their Thanksgiving plans. We were talking about, you know, watching it with all of our friends or family on Thanksgiving. And then all of a sudden news broke and we got, you know, our hearts ripped out. So I think people are like tempering expectations they don't want to get themselves pumped up only to be disappointed again i hear you but this college sports machine whether or not we think it's ethical is chugging along just fine by the way listen to what jay billa said during the end of the illinois duke game on tuesday night incredible but it's chugging along and if we're gonna if they're gonna keep playing these games i want the bonnies to play too like if those guys feel safe and healthy playing so as long as that's yeah. the case i you know I, I'll, I'll be i'll be right there rooting for them but I, I I think people just gotta. Just, you're not gonna know. I could put. I'm putting out this, out this podcast Thursday morning. I could wake up Thursday morning, two hours after it drops, and St. Francis could not be playing Saturday, or we might not be playing Saturday. We may not. We may find out an hour before the game. Des Bryant tested positive before the Cowboys Ravens game, <laughs> and had to yeah. get pulled off the warm up field. You don't know. So at this point, I'm just like, if it gets canceled, let me know. Obviously, I'm just going to assume everything's going to happen. And if it gets canceled, like it's kind of in the back of my mind, no matter what. But I want to at least have that hope because we're Bonaventurians, man. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Come on. That's true. Come on. Intellectual journey. Come on. (laughs) I know I am sick of fear scrolling through Twitter, waiting to see that. Go Bonnies or Bonaventure Athletics tweet with like the brown background. The single the single basketball. I saw the single Michigan helmet for the Ohio State Michigan game. I was I had to laugh at that. Yeah. Like, yes, oh, they did man. it. <laughs> <laughs> Not only like us, you're scrolling through and it's like, oh God, what if St. Francis? I, I'm keeping track of every team that goes on pause. If you want to go through and see, I have a, a spreadsheet that people can can look at. We're almost at one third of the entire country having gone on pause, pause or canceled their season. We're at like 107 teams that have already gone on pause. So this stuff is happening all the time and it's happening like we just saw Saturday. I was actually, I don't get pumped for anything that Baylor does. Honestly, I, I find them <laughs> crippling and depressing. I think it's a, I, I they cheat. I, I just don't, I hate their program. Um, but I was kind of pumped to watch Gonzaga beat them. It was one versus two on one o'clock on a Saturday. I was feeling good. I had some some Sam Adams cherry wheats ready. And like an hour before the game, I'm scrolling, scrolling through Twitter and it's canceled. And it's like, this is going to happen to the Bonnies eventually. It's going to be an hour before the game or less than 24 hours. And we're going to be pumped up and we're going to have all this work put in and the guys are going to be ready and it's going to just get ripped out from under us like it already did. It's going to happen again. And I think that's part of the reason why people are kind of tempering expectations. 
No, it's true. But we're here. We're trying to get you hyped. We hope you're getting hyped. We've got Chucky Maggio doing some cool stuff with his pod and some of his uh, reporting. He had a nice story about um, comparing Jalen Shaw and what he's going to be doing along with side of Oshun. Check that out. Do you want to get to a couple of these rapid-fire questions that we asked for people on Twitter? Ah, uh, yes. We have questions. Yeah, we Let's do. because we. But that was part of it because I'm like, I don't know what people want to know. Like Nobody's really yeah. saying anything. So I, I think once, once they see our team step onto the floor and the ball tips off, it's going to be a massive change. I think people are just so down. They haven't seen us yet. They're 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 craving Bonna basketball. Once they see us on the floor in those new jerseys, um, I, I think the the tone will change. No, it's true, man. I'm doing long uh, Animaniacs parodies here. Like I'm going crazy, <laughs> man. I just want the games to happen. Hello, nurse. But let's get to this first one. So, our friend at Scorpio sixty two sixty two. Who is the best pure shooter on the team? I know my answer. I'm probably going with Dom. I mean, he's got such a smooth stroke. 6'5", he has a nice vertical leap on his on his shot. He shoots it from the highest level. He, he I think he percentage-wise, he was probably our best shooter last year. Close second, I would say Alejandro, but I am excited to see what Anthony Roberts does too. Maybe it's just my definition of it, but I think part of it is releasing and creating the shot and i feel like alejandro did a better job with that and also yeah. he has way less fear about shooting i'm not saying oh, dominic yeah. Do, not saying dom Walsh is petrified of shooting or anything but i feel like alejandro maybe to his detriment is willing to fire more <laughs> but i think on every team you kind of need that guy who is just gonna go balls to the wall and shoot anything anytime anywhere because yeah other times you don't want people passing around the perimeter and then not getting a shot off Alejandro is a confident young man, and I like it a lot. I will add, I did say Anthony Roberts, and I do think he's going to be very good. But if we had asked this two days or three days before the season last year, do you know who our answer would have been? Okoli? Bobby Planudis. Oh, God, Boca Bobby. (laughs) Next question. Speaking of shooters, does anyone make shots better than Lou Ruby? Everyone, I, this is going to be, listen, this is going to be an unpopular answer. I am a Hickey, um, I, I'm a patron of the Hickey. I go there regularly. I love Lou Ruby. I love the Hickey. You do not go to the Hickey for a good drink. You go there for the experience. You certainly don't go there for the good food. The only is chips. You go there for the ambiance and the feeling and the smell and the brick and Lou and Crazy Eddie. Um, you don't go there for a good drink. He, I think he might water down his liquor. I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, a lot of people pour a better drink than Lou doesn't even pour him. By the way, Eddie does. Lou just sits at the bar and talks about the Bonnies, which is exactly what you want. You go there, you get a bad beer, you get a, a whiskey and ginger ale, or you get a shot of blackberry brandy, and you talk Bonnies with Lou. You don't go there for the good drink. Man, I haven't been to the Hickey in a while. Anyways. Um... Another question. Ooh, we got one from a Dayton fan. We'll actually do this one. It's a serious one. With less practicing and conditioning time, are you concerned about Oshun's health? No, actually the opposite. Um, based on what I've been told by people who are pretty close to Oshun and, and know the team, this is as healthy as he has been going into a season. It's the first offseason he's been at 100% and he's been able to put in the work every day. I don't think he's missed one workout yet other than, you know, obviously when we're on pause, but going into that, um, people are saying he's as healthy as he's been. So no, not at all. Yeah, I would, 
I would have to say that it's going to help him. Hopefully, it rests the knee, of course. Um, all right, one final question. Oh, look at this guy. He's definitely going to be front and center in the um, cardboard cutout section. At Bonna underscore fanatic. Any chance the Bonnies play small when Shun is on the bench? I don't know how I feel about Shaw getting the lion's share of backup minutes at the five. I would say there's a chance it'll be tested. But I think the first time we tried out something like that where we didn't have Ikpizi or Hoshun in when they were both healthy was against SUNY Amherst last season. It was. And it the was. Bulls just absolutely destroyed yeah. us. Like we were up like eight or ten or something, and we just lost our lead like that. Like it was yeah, just that was <laughs> that was with Winston at the five. Um so probably not. I mean we're already undersized at the four other than Winston, if Adaway is going to be playing the four, he's like six, five We're already undersized at the four. I can't, I don't know. I, I don't think Schmidt's going to put Winston at the five at all. I think it's, it's Oshun or Shaw. That's all it is. I, I don't think we're going to see any small ball. Yeah. And, and I'm hearing better things about Shaw than where we were kind of at with Ikpizi. I mean, Ikpizi worked so hard and loved the dude. He's balling overseas, yeah. which shout out to him for doing that. But he, he, he had times where he clearly wasn't doing the job. But yeah. what, speaking of doing the job, I've been waiting to hear this job performed by you. Yeah, yes. weather time. We're oh, back. my God. I haven't checked my weather apps. I haven't looked at weather.com. There were, like, Category 4 hurricanes hitting Louisiana. I wasn't even paying attention. But now I can finally pay attention to the weather. What was this even called? What was this bit called? We had a nice name for it, didn't we? I don't know. Whatever it is, it's, it's brought to you by... Man with Weather? What? <laughs> no, it wasn't. The wet, uh... I don't know. Huh? Weather... I don't know what this bit's called. Anyways, get off Final it. forecast. Final forecast. The final forecast. <laughs> Alright, this is your final forecast. Brought to you by... Poppy's VHS store in Olean in a very big VHS uh, rivalry with Choice Video on North Union Street. Saturday's games. I'm going to go through the 8-10 games on Saturday. James Madison versus George Mason. Canceled. (laughs) I was like, the weather got canceled? (laughs) The Maine Black Bears at Fordham. That would have been an excellent game to watch. Maine versus Fordham. Canceled. I know no matter what would have happened, the weather would have been too high that day. The temperature just would have been way too high. Yeah, they got Louis C.K., they got uh, Chris, whatever his name is, they got canceled. St. Francis, PA, at St. Bonaventure. Oh. That one will be on. You're going to watch that? I might check it out. ESPN Plus, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. These are all Eastern Time. 45 and cloudy in Olean, New York. For December 12th, that's pretty damn warm. That's like tropical. That's Bonnie's basketball weather, man. Yeah. Another game, it's going to be mid-50s, 30% chance of showers for LaSalle at Drexel. The Dragons will host the Explorers in Philadelphia at 2 o'clock. This one's not on national TV. However, in my deep research for this bit, it is sponsored by UA Local 420. This is not a weed shop, but it's some sort of like job <laughs> skills training company for future plumbers and contractors. I don't know why they chose that name. Uh, Evansville at St. Louis, ESPN Plus at 3 o'clock. 
45 and cloudy, 13 mile per hour winds in St. Louis. Hopefully that doesn't affect their free throw shooting. We have Temple at St. Joe's, obviously in Philadelphia. This is on NBC Sports at 3 o'clock. Mid-50s and chance of rain. It's going to be warm across the Northeast this weekend. High 50s and partly cloudy at the Siegel Center when VCU hosts the Monarchs of Old Dominion. That is on NBC Sports at 5 o'clock. So after the Bonnies win, you'll be able to watch more A-10 basketball on NBC Sports for VCU ODU. Definitely rival. That will end A-10 on Saturday. There are a few good Sunday games. We have to get to these. UMass will travel all the way out of the middle of nowhere in Amherst to go to Boston, the thriving metropolis. That's at noon. Uh, That is going to be 50 degrees, 40% chance of showers. We have Rhode Island at Western Kentucky at noon as well. So pick one. Do you want to watch Rhode? Do you want to watch UMass? UMass and Northeastern play twice this weekend. They play on Friday too. So pick one of those games. (laughs) Yeah, pick one. Rhode and Western Kentucky on CBS Sports. That's going to be 43 and cloudy in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And then to end the weekend, probably the best game of the A-10 slate, number 19 Richmond. At number 11, West Virginia. That is on ESPN at 1 o'clock. Seems like Richmond's always playing opposite the NFL on Sunday. But that's going to be 46 and cloudy in Morgantown. That is your final forecast presented by Poppy's VHS Store. Choice video if you want to outbid Poppy's. Add Blaze, get a hold of me, and we can uh, we can make that happen. I missed that final forecast, and I was messing with you. I remember the name. I was like, is it the man with the weather? Like, what is it called? You did know. I really <laughs> forgot. I, I thought out. you were playing with me, but whatever. <laughs> it's been a long nine months. It's been a long, long nine months. Man, I'm surprised anybody even looked outside the window in the last nine months, because it has been wild. But what's going to be wild is watching these Bonnies play the Red Flash and the Zips. Two very intense-sounding names. Like, yeah. They sound like they should have their own CW shows. (laughs) The Red Flash and the Zip. (laughs) It sounds like the Madden, like default Madden created teams. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Relocate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LilBonaX at SB Unfurled. If you have Twitter, you've probably already done it. But if not, do it again anyways. Uh, Subscribe to us. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn. Be sure to come back next week with us. Hopefully, we will be previewing Hofstra and SUNY Amherst, the last two games before Christmas. My fingers are crossed so tightly right now as I say this sentence. But thank you all so much for listening. Have a good day. This is the end.